Good afternoon, everyone, or in some cases, good morning. Um, I'd like to welcome you all here to our webinar today, which is titled How to Select and Build a Network of Local Country Vendors. So today's webinar will be led by my colleague, Mary Holland, who's sitting here beside me in, in the office. We're usually on the other side of the world for these things, but today we're both in Ireland. Um, and Mary's Chief Customer Officer here at Payslip. We're also thrilled to be joined by one of our great clients, Travis Savile, who is HR Systems and Global Mobility Director at Wave Mobile Money. Um, Travis and Wave and his team have built up an extensive network of local country vendors across Africa to service their global payroll, which stands at about 2,000 employees or over 2,000 employees currently. So he's in a perfect position to talk to us today about how to successfully build your network of in-country partners. So just before we get started, a few housekeeping points. Um, just to note that the webinar is being recorded and it will be available to you after the event. So you'll receive an email with a link um, where you'll be able to view it on demand. We've also recently launched all our webinars as podcasts on Spotify. So it will also be available on Spotify for you in the next couple of days. So you can um, listen to it on the go. Um, we have a lot of people on here today, so everyone will be muted except for our panel. If you have any questions or comments, you can post them in the chat box or the Q&A section, and I'll monitor them as we go along. Um, and we have a lot of some space at the end for those Q&A questions. And um, we'll also have a couple of poll questions, three in total throughout the webinar. So um, just before we get started, I'm going to launch our first um, poll question. One moment there. Now, that should be on screen. So how do you currently go about selecting your in-country payroll providers, uh, ICPs or payroll software? So you begin looking when um, told you're hiring into a new country. Option two, currently with an aggregator model, so they supply the ICPs. Option three, unsure where to get started and need assistance. Or option four, peer group networking. Um, you network with global payroll professionals on what advice they have when selecting a payroll provider. So we will just give um, the audience um, a minute or so just to answer those questions. So Travis, which one do you think we're gonna, the attendees that this afternoon are going to select? Uh, I think given the title of the webinar, I'm going to guess unsure where to start or just getting started. You've been told you're hiring in a new country, so that would be my one. We'll see. We'll see. That that would be one. And the, the other one is, um, I think there might be some people um, selecting the one with an aggregator model there. There, somebody else is doing the work for them, so they don't have to do where do we get started piece of that. So we'll be talking about that today. You, of course, can kind of share your insights to how you got started um, a few years ago and making that decision. Okay, so let's end that poll. We should be able to have the results on the screen now. So it looks to be that we have 57% of people are peer group networking, which is really interesting. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then in second, we have the 29% of people are with the aggregator model. So they're being supplied the ICPs. And 14% are looking when they hire into, start looking when they hire into the new country. 
I think using the, the peer group network is kind of ideal because you're getting insight from your peers on how that particular uh, ICP or software is performing in that country, which is, is always the best kind of a good approach to get some benchmarking and see how that is working out. Get yeah. into the complexity, I think. The sales pitch is always flawless. It's the sales <laughs> <laughs> delivery that everyone wants to know. <laughs> Everybody listens to sales pitch and they want it, but we need to have that peer um, confirmation <laughs> to make sure it works. So, okay. Okay. That's should be yeah, now. So I am just going to um, share my screen now. Um, now you should be able to see the screens I think Travis can you see the screen I'm sure I can yeah. great. okay great. okay so um thank you everyone for joining us today on how to select and build a network of local country providers um Travis who is the HR system director for AVE will be um joining us at the end of the um, presentation, towards the end with the fireside chat, I have some great questions for him and he'll share his insight as he has experience doing that selection and how it's working today in his organization and how he started his journey to look for um, in-country providers. So the vendor landscape um, is, is vast. And it's the biggest decision that we have to have is who, who are we gonna process with and how are we going to make sure, of course, that our um, payroll is compliant for employment and taxation purposes, but also we have to think about things about moving the money and the, and the banking um, to the correct agency and of course to our employees. And how do we understand that, what the rules and regulations are in that country to make sure that we have that um, perfect delivery for our employees because our teams across the world are depending on us. So we, we do know that um, local ex expertise is, is really a must in an organization. It doesn't matter if I'm processing in France or I'm down in Brazil or over in China. Each one of those three different um, regions have some complexity to them that are different from each other. So we do need to get local expertise to make sure we understand all of the rules and regulations and we're also servicing our employees um, to make sure that their payroll is correct because that's extremely important as they work for us. They expect us to be able to understand the complexities of the taxation and the delivery of their pay. So there's multiple options to choose from and we'll go over those in, in a few minutes. And it's also sometimes tricky to manage all of these um, particular providers and the landscape. So we have some tips and tricks for you. And we also have a great technology that's going to help you look at your vendor landscape and manage that global technology that we have. So when we look out to the, the platform of how do I find and look for a provider? If I'm entering into Chile, how do I decide where I want to go and what services I want to look for? We just found from the poll that a lot of the attendees today said they're gonna talk and network with their peers. We here at Payslip have people asking us, our clients that are moving into to new regions, who would you recommend or who are, who's on your platform that's processing payroll? So 
they too are asking the vendors that you're working with, um, who, who are they working with and what works? So we all know that the accounting firms all process payroll. So you can have payroll processed from EY, um, PwC into BDO, even into KPMG. All of them are processing payroll. The one thing that you do know about that particular piece is if you're, if you're selecting an accounting firm, you're always going to have a compliance delivery payroll because that's kind of the guarantee that they have with, with you. Um, of course, you're not going to have a consolidated service since each one of the um, accounting firms operate separately in country, but you will have the guarantee of that. And a great, um, might be a great selection if you know nothing about that particular um, country. And then the service um, aggregator um, partnerships that whether you sign up for an aggregator, that particular service has been around for 18, 18 plus years where the um, aggregator is going to pick the ICP or the in-country provider that you work with and how you manage or work with them is, is different from aggregator to aggregator. Often you don't have any interaction with the in-country uh, person that's processing your payroll. You have somebody at the, on the aggregator team that's managing the relationship and passing the information from A to B. So that is, that is an option that, that's available. There's limitations um, if you're really trying to get um, expertise um, for in-country. And also they don't always do all of the HR and some of the employment reporting that you need depending on the aggregator and the services. So you have to look a little deeper in to see what you actually need. And then we have a lot of in-country um, accounting firms. So we're, instead of um, having the, the big accounting firms, you have in-country payable providers or firms that are doing processing in this particular region. So you can have a local accounting firm that's actually doing processing. So it does give you a variety of choices to choose what's best for your business needs and um, things that you need support on. So what do we need to do? We need a plan. So with any, any choice that we have, we have to plan and have a checklist of items that we need to think about. And why we think about this is what is our, what is our organization looking to do? Or what countries are we moving into and what territories do we think we're going to need support for payroll services? It's always great to start early with that um, particular journey so that first of all, you can do a little research of what's required in that country for processing to be able to um, look at what services are available and making sure that you have all of the new um, items set up um, timely. For example, if you're entering into a new country, you may have to set up your entity registration. You might have to even set up your income tax and social taxes. So all of those registrations sounds like it could be very quick and easy when you complete the paperwork. But having once in my career worked on setting up a Brazil entity, I will have to either say my company was extremely slow or it's just complex. And I would say it's just complex. It took us about nine months to get our payroll up and running because the challenge that we had, we talk about local, is everything was in Portuguese. So our legal and HR and payroll teams had to get everything translated to get everything set up and get the necessary paperwork all in place. So it does take some compliance piece. You do have to also think about our favorite item, data privacy. 
data privacy is something that we have to think about how we're going to exchange and share our files with our local providers. What is what are what are their rules and regulations and how that's set up? I can't stress enough thinking about that to make sure that you really think about what the exchange and how we're exchanging files. Please make sure that you do your due diligence on that and, and do a deeper dive into that one. And of course, each of the countries that you're doing business in, the regulations can change um, sometimes from month to month in some organizations. And then sometimes I've seen some countries backdate compliance items. So you really have to be able to make sure that your partners that you're choosing and to do your processing are on top of the local rules in that particular country and they're sharing them back to you as a client. And so you know exactly what to, to watch and monitor. And when you're setting up providers and getting your setup, as we said, starting in a new country, it's great to have a checklist of what items that you need and where are those items. Who, is, who would be the registered person to sign the authorization from your particular entity to sign any of the registrations that are needed? How many employees do you need? What services do you need? How are you gonna manage all of these pieces? With a nice checklist, you can have that checklist and ask good questions in advance for the ICP that you're choosing. And then you can also have a template that has the history and you know exactly what you're signing yourself up for in one stop. You can have a nice grid or discovery document for yourself. So when we look at the ICP, the choice and control, how do you choose and, and how do you make a big decision with, with everything out there? And really, it's really important to think about, you definitely need local support. So choosing that local payroll provider, we saw through the survey this morning that people will talk to their fellow payroll professionals and look at that, making sure that you have a good solid vendor in country. That you also, when you're doing your approach and your model that you want, you want to be able to, to change the provider easily if something's not working out right. So you may sign up for um, provider A, and there may be some change in that organization that you have doubts about the compliance or you recognize there, there was a mistake that has been done, and you're just not happy with those services. Your model has to be able to move from A to B quickly and make sure that you have all of your records um, retained and you have a good approach moving forward. You wanna be able to onboard new countries because as we grow and heaven knows what countries um, we might be told tomorrow that we have to onboard because we might be in a rapidly growth um, organization or better yet, you might be somebody that is acquiring a whole group of countries and you need to bring them on board to your providers and how are you gonna onboard them? onto your platform and know, um, have all of the details. So thinking about that, we have to be able to scale up in any direction. So that means scaling up with employees or it could be scaling up with new countries and new um, requirements in that particular country. So thinking about what that is. So with Eva, I'm going to have us ask the next polling question. Great, thanks Mary. We're going to just stop sharing for one moment where we bring up this poll. Okay, poll question two is just all about challenges. Okay, so um, what is your biggest ICP challenge? When I'm saying ICP there, I'm meaning in-country provider. So option one, establishing selection criteria for choosing an ICP, finding a reliable ICP in a country, 
Option three, being restricted to ICPs as part of the aggregator model. Or option four, trying to consolidate all the data from our various ICPs. So we'll just... So Travis, what, what do you think our attendees are gonna pick as one of their challenges? Um, what's it? I'm gonna go with finding a reliable ICP, mainly just because I struggled with that uh, at the beginning, but uh, I'll be, I think that or consolidating data. Yeah, I would I would think you you started out your journey slightly different. I would say um, the one is being restricted to the um, the um, provider that the ICP is with an aggregator model that you have. Um, in my career prior to when I was a global owner, I think that was one of the challenging pieces um, working with you know aggregators is it wasn't one size fits all. So the service delivery from country to country, which of course it makes sense, right? Because we're not all the same in each country, but it, it, in some cases, some some were better. Some ICBs were better than others. And I think that that piece is a challenge, I think for all um, um, payroll professionals around the world. And then of mm -hmm. course that customer service that you get, you know, that, that piece is, I think we, um, when something, when we need help in payroll, we need that customer service 100% there. And that's probably one of the, the one of our, our challenges that we all would say is that if we don't have that, it's a real challenge to be able to make sure that you're delivering payroll on time. Yeah. Let's see what that, let's see what they. Uh, nicely done, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we come in 57% of people are restricted as part of the aggregation model. Um, and then we have, oh, and then we have a three-way tie of the other three options. That's so funny. <laughs> Never happened before. Well, in, in some cases, I think they're, they're probably all challenges that we have as we, um, as we're doing that selection. You ready to froze there? Just one moment. Okay. Can you hear us? I think we froze. I can hear you. You did freeze for a moment, but. We're, we're back. Okay. One moment. I'm going to bring back up that deck now. Um, hold on a second there, I'll just check this. Okay. I hope, I hope you guys can hear us. We can hear you. We haven't been able to see the deck yet. Okay, great. Thanks, Travis. No um, worries. We were having, I could see we were having a bit of difficulty here on our side. Okay. Um, we're back. Um, I'll just take it from here just to make it easier. Clear there. Was this? Yeah. This is the slide you're going to. Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, thanks. I can't see. Um, thanks, Eva, for um, for that. It was a, a great, um, great kind of a feedback from the attendees, which doesn't surprise me um, what the results are, especially when we got three, uh, three with us three-way tie and, and one that I would say, um, as you reach out to the payroll community, that's probably a, a common feedback that you have um, with the aggregator model. So really the choice as a, as a client, the choice is ours. So who we want to use and work with, um, we need to make sure what's best for our particular organization and making sure that we have that ICP that's going to deliver for us. So being able to choose your own providers that you work with, you can set up your service delivery requirements, your expectations, 
and you can actually pick somebody that's going to accommodate your business needs. And when I say that is a lot of our uh, companies have very complex compensation packages. We may be giving you um, a massage for, for doing a good job. We may be relocating you, maybe doing travel vouchers. We have a lot of um, compensations going on or components that are happening today in the world that we're working to attract talent to our organization. So we need to be able to have somebody in that particular country understanding the complexity of processing payroll and is this taxable or non-taxable or is there any special reporting? Having the ability to swap payroll out between one provider to the other provider is extremely important because not if things, things happen and not always do we want to use that provider. Maybe a situation where we started with that um, current in-country provider and we only had 25 people in our organization. But before we know it, through an acquisition and rapid growth, we now have 500 people in that particular country. So it may not be the best fit. So we may have to go to a different provider or a different uh, software to be able to process because of business needs. So looking at that and thinking ahead, making sure that you have um, data and you have the visibility to see what's happening, looking at perhaps the performance and making sure that you have the ability to scale up in any direction kind of um, with growth and also changes in structure. So looking at it from that angle. So in our selection criteria, we wanna think about what are, what were some of the things that we need to think about. So when we're looking at local payroll providers and local services we need, we have there's always um, the payroll piece that we need to consider. But in some of our organizations, we have small populations where we do need some support for HR services. And that's a question to really answer and ask is really what services do I need from um, that particular, uh, for that particular country? Sometimes we have leave reforms that need to be completed and new hires or registering people in social um, programs. Do we have, who's gonna do that for us? And if we don't have that support inside our organization, are we asking our in-country provider to do that service? And more importantly, can they do that service for us? And is that, is that something that they've done for other clients and not just us as their first client be doing that registration and pieces? I think it's really important to think about that because those are items that sometimes local language and support that you need on some of the reporting is something that you need, especially when we have smaller populations. I can't stress enough the importance of reporting. So reporting has the ability for us to see what's happening with the data. It, can, it tells our story in our organizations. It lets senior leadership know exactly what's happening. And you should be able to look at the reporting and have the ability to find out exactly what's happening in um, that particular country and be able to drill down to the individual employee and see what's actually happening. And that should include items like the employer cost, if there's pension, what is the true cost of payroll? And do you actually um, need that? When we look at um, additional services that you might need, you might need some translation services. Maybe there's um, some complexities that you have with some of your um, expats that you have. Do they have the ability to provide some services and support and help them go through that transition to go to a particular country? I can't tell you enough about compliance. So I think compliance and 
timely payroll and accurate payroll are the three that go along with the world word payroll, but compliance is extremely important. Not only do we have to make sure that we're compliant, but we have to make sure that the payments and the registrations are all done timely. It isn't a good idea to just say, well, okay, if I didn't know, I'll just pay the penalty because it's our reputation as a company to make sure that we're doing it compliant. We don't wanna be in the, in the social media as being recognized for not being compliant or having our employees pay compliant. And then of course, we want to make use of integration. So integration is, is, is key. If we have our um, HCM or we have our commission file in, from another system or a benefit file, we want to be able to integrate that information over to our in-country providers so that we have the ability to use integration and we're not doing manual work or we're not doing what we call busy work to pass information from A to B. And we talked about data privacy, but when we look at data privacy, we want to make sure how we're sharing data in a secure way and who is receiving that data and that we have a rules and rights with that um, particular ICP so we know exactly who has access and when and where they had and got to see items. And our friendly global mobility, or we can say remote workers or work wherever um, programs that we have after COVID, um, is an area that I see that's drastically going to grow as we get into next year with every tax agency in the world looking at where our employees are and are we keeping track and paying taxes. So us as organizations have to monitor that and make sure we're compliant, not only for us as an, our organization, but also for the employee, because the employee expects us to be able to be monitoring those things. And they could come back to us and ask us, why we didn't tell them that they needed to report or if there was some requirement in that particular country because they were working there. And those are all things that our um, in-country providers have the information because they are actually processing in that country and they're living and dreaming those rules or thinking about those rules every single day that they're um, supporting um, organizations. So when we look at that, you know, we have our in-country providers. We also have some work that we have to do. We have to standardize our, our processes. So standardization is key so that we can actually have the ability to say, okay, these five items are part of salary and these five items are part of overtime. How can we standardize what we have today? Yes, we know there's local languages but you should have the ability in your system as you're looking at it, especially because I'm gonna encourage you to look at a technology platform to make sure that you have all of your um, ICPs pulled together and you have a technology platform like Payslip to be able to consolidate that. And inside that platform, you're gonna be able to standardize your items with local language and of course English and have the ability to put subcategories for items that are similar. For example, the five components that I said that you might have of overtime in a particular country, yes, we may need them to process um, the overtime calculation in that country, but at the end of the day, we don't need to see the five components in our reporting. We need the total of the five and need to have the ability to consolidate that to a subcategory. So using that um, as, a, as a means to get the results that you need in reporting, as we previously mentioned, how important that was Really, it also does streamline the entire payroll process when you're using a technology platform because you know the begin to the end. 
you know, pre-payroll steps, you know, um, processing steps, and then post-payroll. So if I'm out of the office for a holiday or I'm, I'm ill for a few days, Travis can immediately pop in and find out exactly if we have a technology platform, giving him access to the region that I'm responsible for. He knows what the process and steps are, and he can connect easily with that particular um, country's in-country provider and send notes and verify actually what's happening. So really it gives you the, the ability to be ready at any time and to have support for um, business continuity purposes or just somebody out on a holiday and also cross-training and expansion of uh, people expanding their skills is important. So it's important for, for when we have the ICPs that we have a platform, a platform to manage our, our technology, a global platform that we have all of our information at our fingertips. And when I say at their fingertips, we know exactly when that pay date is, we know the process steps we have, we know who has access to the system, we can run reports on who's made that change at any moment in time in that particular region and country. Did it come from integration or did Travis update someone's salary because he got a notification that that needed to be done or issued a payment for a bonus? You have that ability to do that. You can also monitor all of the flows of work through integration, what integration that you have, and really start to measure your SLAs for your in-country providers. Are they delivering the payroll on time? What items are being missed that you have to send back to the payroll provider two or three times? Where are the gaps? And sometimes when we start to measure and we look at the reporting, we may find the gaps are on our side as a client that there, we don't have clear process controls and set up for those items. So really being able to deep dive and get into the service level agreements is extremely important. And then of course, the visibility to see what's happening and we can then know and control to ensure that first of all, monitoring the vendor, but we also wanna monitor that the employees are being paid timely and accurately. And of course, our friends and tax agencies are paid on time with delivery. And then of course our friends in finance may be wanting that um, GL file to be delivered on time. So we have record of everything that we actually did by manage, using a technology platform. So let's talk a little bit about WAVE. So WAVE has, um, I've worked with um, Travis for probably almost two plus years um, when we started our journey. We started our journey kind of in COVID and, and Travis had some work going through um, really actually a couple things, getting contracts signed with COVID is fun and really registrations and a few things that have to be done. But when uh, Travis will tell us in a few minutes about how Wave on, went on their journey, but at the beginning, he only really wanted to, to onboard with seven countries, um, was looking at um, small populations at that moment of time, looked for some um, support and help with his um, ICP partners and really worked on a standardized um, playbook that actually moved forward, but then he had massive growth. <laughs> so with that, Travis, I'm going to have you tell us, first of all, a little bit about what happened in Wave's journey. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think that was a pretty good sum up. Um, for those not aware, we, uh, so Wave uh, was lucky. We used to have two companies, Wave and SendWave. Uh, and we uh, entertained an offer to uh, sell SendWave uh, to World Remit. 
uh, early uh, in, I guess it would have been late 2020. Um, and so, you know, obviously that was very hush hush as I was uh, joining WAVE. Um, and so we, I was, you know, kind of thinking through like, okay, how would we, uh, you know, think about our payroll delivery across both companies because we were a platform team at the time. Uh, and so I think we naturally kind of went towards the aggregated model. There were a lot of things that made sense, a lot of um, complexities resolved. And then um, obviously the sales announced <laughs> Wave will be spinning out of SendWave, uh, which is also incredibly exciting. But then, you know, an aggregator model doesn't work um, as well since our populations are so small and the, you know, cost benefit really kind of, you know, does one of these. Um, and so, you know, I kind of had to pivot and think about like, okay, we're, we want to start processing in, you know, seven countries um, as of January 1. I think it was, you know, September when this got publicly announced. Um, so already a very tight timeline. Uh, and I think one of the things uh, prior to uh, making any big changes that wave or send wave, we had kind of tried a little bit of every model. We had, you know, the SD works, we had the local in bureau, <laughs> we had the small boutique firm. And I think one of the things uh, that always stood out to me was the service from that smaller in country provider that we had in France with uh, our send wave wave company. And so I wanted to try to find a way to leverage kind of that subject matter expertise in country. Um, but also, um, you know, figure out how to supplement where that provider was weak. You know, we only got PDF reports, like we couldn't get anything in Excel. Um, you know, I had a GL accountant who pretty much, you know, cursed this production of payroll every month because it was limited. Um, and that was perfectly fine. So I think, uh, you know, what we valued in that was the relationship and helping us operationalize things in France, which can be very, uh, complex and if you know all of our payroll processors to date have been you know either from Canada or the U.S. and so it was just very it was a different way of thinking and you know having that partner where we could like talk about like okay we have this you know new variable earning like how is that going to work in France and and so I think I really valued that partnership early on and wanted to figure out a way to um, grow from that um, and I think that's how, you know, we eventually arrived at Payslip as like an opportunity for us to um, have those smaller in-country providers, but also have all of that data aggregated and be able to report out on things across all of our um, payroll regions in a way that came across as like a more sophisticated solution. Um, and so I, I kind of look at it as like the best of both worlds. You get that aggregation that you want, then you typically get from a payroll aggregator. And then, um, you know, kind of that best of, you know, best in class subject matter expertise. They understand how to, you know, operationalize, uh, you know, what can be sometimes North American driven kind of policies or ways of thinking about compensation into the local market. Um, and yeah, that's, it's, I'm not sure that answered the question fully, but uh, I think it was a good intro into how we came to be. <laughs> well, I think it's a good intro of how you came to be because you had already been through some of the models, right? Yeah. And they, they weren't they weren't quite working for you, but you needed, and you recognized that the model that did work was uh, in France when you were working with the in-country provider. 
and I think that most people, you know, France is probably in the top, in the top five of the most complex countries to work with. And that is often a country that if you don't have the correct provider, you're, you're scrambling years to do later to do reconciliations and figure out what's happening. So you recognize that particular piece and then looking, looking to move that forward, then, um, then you saw the opportunity from that to look at uh, payslips technology because it, it then ties it all in, right? Because I think everyone's going to um, agree that you need local support. I mean, it, the, the laws change uh, drastically, but you know, in some of our countries, we don't, um, as English speaking uh, people, we don't even, we can't read the, the rules. And in some countries, it's all in local language. It's not, not a con China is one that where the tax law is all in, in local language. Yes, there's translation, but if you have a compliance item, they're gonna use the, the local language um, for that particular country, which, which really makes sense. But, you know, as we look at a global world, that's exactly what, you would think is there, but I know we're, we're looking for some solutions on in that particular model. But yeah, I mean, even sometimes like, I think Poland's a great example, you know, mm -hmm. big change to their income tax structure. And, you know, that first revision is out in, you know, Polish, but, you know, the English version is coming months later and we've <laughs> out of like operationalize, uh, you know, that law that's gone into effect. So like, to your point on the globalization part of it, it changes drastically and, and if you don't have support before you, if you don't have some local support before you know it, the employee is going to come back to you and tell, tell the payroll team that it's not compliant, right? Or you should be doing X, Y, Z in a particular country for that. So one of the things I wanted to ask Travis is because you were, you know, choosing that model, did you get any, um, did you have to sell anything to upper management to, to have them have that buy-in? Because we all know um, the the aggregator model or consolidation model sounds sounds great if we don't, but we're not digging into the the details of that particular country sometimes. So what do you, what was uh, what was going on at Wave when you were kind of making that decision? Yeah, um, I mean, what's that expression? Sing me a song or something. But uh, <laughs> I think for us, it was. Um, a lot of like we since we had tried you know these different kind of models um really it came down to like why do we like this icp approach and really telling our story around having that in-country subject matter expertise and then i think you know it was it's e easy to highlight like this is the limitation of that approach and it's often in your reporting and how you aggregate this data like that's work that your, you know, your back office functions have to take on. Um, but then I think like the nice part is we were able to parallel that with like how Payslip helped solve for that. Mm -hmm. And um, that became a really nice, uh, it, nice probably, it's a very easy story to tell where it's like, okay, we're going to leverage kind of these, you know, really talented in-country providers and then utilize a piece of technology to help us all aggregate this data, reduce the time it takes us to produce our GLs, reduce the time it takes us to produce these reports that go across all of our payroll markets. So we are able to use this data in a meaningful way that isn't, you know, requiring us to hire, you know, an individual GL accountant or something that we would have had at SendWave. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that you did early on was to get that GL set up so that it's standardized across your organization, along with some of your element classifications, which 
I know my friends and having worked in finance, I know you, the friends in the finance team are happy with that decision and they're, they're getting the results to be able to move on to what they're required to do. Yeah. So um, from the beginning start was small, Travis, but I would say rapidly wave grew in Africa. And we, we all know that finding payroll services and work through payroll services in Africa, is, it's not, they're, not, they're not on every corner and there is challenges with your selection. So can you share kind of how you went about to, to, to manage or do a selection of what was the, the best approach for WAVE in Africa? Because I think you're way into 1500 um, employees into Africa and many, many areas. So definitely an area that um, a lot of payroll professionals around the world have never processed. So you're, you're definitely at the, at the beginning step for a lot of organizations. Yeah, no, definitely. So I think for us, um, you know, obviously we, we had the solution working across um, our European area with Payslip. And I think that was really nice. Um, and so you know, we knew we didn't want to take like, we didn't like our goal was to have a cohesive uh, payroll delivery solution. And so I think, you know, we knew very quickly, like we didn't want to go with like accounting firm, we didn't want to use an EY or a PWC or a BDO. Um, and then, you know, kind of getting into those local ICPs, I think that um, is probably where, you know, we really had to tap our network, some of our individual, our first hires in countries, asking, you know, who they had used for payroll prior. Um, and then, you know, kind of having these interviews, understanding our scope, explaining kind of early on the role that Payslip would play uh, in that delivery. And, you know, I think uh, your team has done a really nice job of, you know, reassuring people like we're not here to process the payroll. We just want to help you get the data <laughs> into our system so the client can action it um, and, you know, obviously serve as a mechanic for running payroll. Um, and I think one of the reasons we were able to scale as rapidly as we did is, you know, we kind of took you know, what worked really well in Europe and iterated on what did not work well in Europe and made that our playbook for rolling out into new markets. And so once we identified this provider, it was very quick to say like, okay, here's our pre-payroll steps, here's our payroll processing steps, here's our post-payroll steps, here are the action owners. You know, we have, you know, early on, we went through standardizing our GL and earning class categories. And so I think a lot of those things just helped us rapidly expand um, I think across like eight new markets uh, within the course of six months, like felt like it was a new country every <laughs> three weeks or so. Um, but yeah, I think that was, uh, when I think of, you know, kind of what worked well, I think Payslip actually really served as like a foundation to our playbook in launching uh, into new, launching payroll into new markets. Uh, and that was, I would credit our success to that, mainly just having kind of that, like a template maybe for lack of template playbook, but I think you know what I was trying to get at. Um, and yeah, that's, I think, you know, in looking at the ICPs, we could quickly, having kind of thought through all those other things, we could focus on like, is this the relationship that we wanna have? Are we able to, you know, effectively communicate? Can they provide practical suggestions? Uh, and, you know, ultimately, are they open to the payslip solution as well? And I think once we were able to, you know, check off those boxes, we felt reasonably certain 
that our provider of choice would work. Yeah, I think you said, you know, you have your basic tool of having a, a technology platform where you've done your standardization of your elements and the general ledger codes, right? You set it as a global first model. And yeah. then having, um, as you entered new countries, you know what the expectations were for, yes, we have different um, elements and taxation pieces, but you have the platform to be able to get the standardization, which at the end also just bring to the reporting that you need from a a global at the global level all the way down to the micro level of being in that in country. So you you positioned yourself from the very beginning with growth. Um, you made a mention, and I've had other um, clients tell me that if we're going to go to a new country, I'm just telling the ICP they're going to work with with Payslip because this is the model. This is the model and tool that I've designed. So this is how I'm going to manage global payroll. And as leaders, that's something that we have to do is make a decision how we're going to manage it and set the, as you said, templates and the structure. We don't have that in place and it's really hard to, to know what's happening, right? To, there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, even if we just look at the different time zones around the world that we're processing in, how do we, we know we've met those particular times, those time zones. So Travis, I'm going to ask a question about, and because I know that you've had to do that, I'm sure that some of the attendees today would like to understand if you had to replace one of the ICPs and, and how was that process and, um, and what, may, what was that driving decision of why you had to replace the uh, provider? Yeah, I mean, I think you're well aware of one. I called you immediately. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, you you do your best, you have your checklist, you, you know, try to entertain like an answer to the best of your abilities, like, is this relationship going to work? And, you know, at the time, I think, you know, in our case, it was the UK, we had a provider that, you know, was really great in helping us, you know, transition from, you know, an old Sendwave entity to a new Wave UK entity. Uh, and then, you know, that provider was acquired by a bigger company and that was really exciting moment for them but you know I think what we saw pretty quickly was you know the service that we had been getting and the support that we had you know grown to expect uh, just kind of you know as part of the acquisition that was no longer the model of client they were going to chase which is perfectly fine um, but I think they were also in that weird you know bucket where it was like we're not ready to say this isn't like our market anymore um, and so we you know kind of quickly I think had you know, that need of like, oh no, is our, are we going to miss payroll? We're not hearing from our provider what's happening. And I think, you know, one of the things that was nice and, you know, speaking with you was reassuring because I was obviously very stressed. Um, but then knowing that like we could, you know, we continued, I think for another two months with that provider, you know, obviously things can, the stress continued to build. And I think it was more indicative of, you know, okay, this isn't going to work long-term. So how do we, you know, kind of find a better provider that we won't have to change from. And so I think we were in that second round, you know, we knew the questions to ask. We, you know, were able to better understand what uh, market this provider, you know, what market they wanted to service, which in the UK, you know, I'm starting to believe anything under 100 full-time employees is like, you know, a very, very niche group to target. Um, and so I think, you know, we were able to say like, okay, this isn't working. We're going to make a change. You know, obviously the incumbent provider is not happy, but they haven't done anything to like repair the relationship. So I felt very empowered to just say like, we're going to go ahead and, you know, split 
uh, as of this date. Um, and then that new provider, I think it was nice, uh, you know, we had a payroll running, we knew the steps and they were able to come in and make, you know, some iterative changes like, okay, let's try to get to these dates or, you know, we'd like this five days prior to your payroll deadline so we can prepare, you know, your, your HRMC forms. And I was like, okay, we can, you know, this calendar is flexible. And so I think that was, you know, really nice being able to take that iterative approach uh, with that specific ICP in the UK and, you know, really happy with our partnership today. And, you know, obviously it was stressful to make that change, but I think part of, you know, part of the value that we bring to the business um, as payroll practitioners is saying like, this isn't going to meet our needs or like, you know, potentially this has, this has the potential to, you know, be a really big miss and have us not hit payroll. Like we should proactively take these steps to ensure that that doesn't happen and minimize that risk. Yeah, I, I agree with you being proactive and kind of seeing what's actually happening. I mean, having the ability to find out about the flows and what's happening with the vendor, what the accommodations of how they're reporting so you can measure their services. Yeah. And we, we did talk a little bit about having the ability to communicate and connect with them. I think that's the that's always been key from a customer service. And in your case that, you know, it, it does happen. Um, life goes and people make changes and the organizations kind of change, but having that ability to make that change. And I, I think importantly, with the technology platform, you can make that change, but you didn't lose all of your history and information that you had from the past providers. So you still have all of that history, which to me is extremely important because you always have to be audit ready for um, any agency around the world that you might be up for an audit. But you have that ability for reporting purposes that you're able to report on that information that you had prior and then you can move forward with that. So I, I think it's it be, it's seamless to the, empl the employee has no idea that there was a change I mean, they may recognize uh, if you look, if they really examine their pay slip, they might see a, a different provider's name, but that would be really um, paying a lot of detailed attention. Most cases, we're looking at the net pay or how many days of holiday we have left and, you know, maybe what was the taxes for that particular bonus that we received and we look at pay slip. And that's assuming that people are looking at those items instead of looking at the bank account, right? So it depends on what's actually happening. So for Travis, what what do you what does your team do for um, on the reporting piece? What are you using the reporting and the kind of workflow reports that are out there? Um, are you using that information to measure your providers? And and how are you having those discussions to make sure you're getting services? Yeah, it's been really interesting. Um, you know, as we've looked at you know providers, uh, you know, coming out of summer. Uh, we've been kind of seeing like how are our providers doing and measuring to our service delivery. And I think one of the things that Payslip does a nice job of is, you know, kind of letting you know, like, okay, where have things, you know, fallen behind? Like when was the step completed late or, you know, past its deadline and, you know, did that have downstream effects? And so, you know, often we can see like, okay, our, you know, our providers, you know, missing their deadline, but we also missed ours. And I think we can acknowledge that like we should get back to that. Or we can see, you know, in kind of really exciting cases, like we were late on our deadline because of, you know, payroll changes out of a review cycle, but our provider went that extra mile to meet their deadline, even though they were working with a shorter 
you know, amount of time and obviously having payroll changes. Um, and so I think like that's one element. The other, I think we're starting uh, as a company to become more, uh, you know, I don't want to say budget minded because I think we are, we're always a little budget minded, but I think we're really starting to uh, dive into the elements that, you know, make up our total cost of employment across various markets, especially in markets where we have variable earnings, whether that be, you know, overtime or premium pay for working, you know, on a holiday or, uh, you know, weekends. Uh, and so I think it's been really fun to see our payroll managers in country be able to go in there, pull that data across, you know, multiple uh, geographies and say like, yep, you know, support is roughly costing us this in Senegal, but in Cote d'Ivoire, it's, you know, costing why, um, and they can kind of drill in like, why is it more expensive over here? Okay, we're seeing there's, you know, our adherence and overtime is higher. Um, and so I think that provides a lot of meaningful insight for um, our, you know, kind of people managers, like really drill in and own, you know, their little segments of like big business. <laughs> No, I, I would agree with you. It gives the company your ways, the company, the tools to be able to strategic, you know, share the results mm -hmm. and where areas, where the expenses are, because they're there because of the business needs, but can we manage it or do we have a way of adjusting it? But the other thing, uh, Travis, that you mentioned it, I think it gives um, having the technology platform and the pieces together, it builds the relationship with the ICPs that you're working with. As, as your example is, it's not always the ICP that's late. Unfortunately, sometimes it's people inside our company for other reasons yeah. that it's late, <laughs> me or whatever. Yeah. Or, you, you, you learn, you know, that the data tells the story, right? It tells the true story. It's kind of a little bit harder when the data tells the story and you have the, the tools with that. So if I think we might have some questions, um, so we'll, um, we have about five or six minutes left. If you want, we have some questions that we will, um, Travis, um, that we have ready from the attendees. Okay, some great questions here. Um, so first of all, how is cost and ROI assessed? As Payslip sits on top of the existing contracts, the platform looks like a straight on additional costs in the books. The added value is in many aspects not monetary or not constant. Was it a hard sell to leadership to convince that this additional cost was worth it? And what was the argument that had the most waiting? So, yeah, um, I think, you know, with Wave, SendWave, our old company, we had tried every model. So we had kind of, we had insight into pricing for something like an aggregator. Um, we also ran uh, small pieces of our payroll through PwC at the time, which was incredibly expensive. Um, and so, and I think one of the things that was, you know, I, I played to the emotions, obviously, because I think, you know, we paid a lot of money for PwC. We paid a lot of money for um, SD Works. You know, this isn't a rating of them, but like, I don't think anyone was super happy. Like, no one felt like our payroll delivery was great. Um, but when you look at, you know, our very, like our, at the time, small payroll in France, like anyone who had to interact with that small accounting firm would tell you that they walked away, like learning something, understanding like how to operationalize what might be like a North American compensation philosophy in France. And then, you know, ultimately I think, you know, wave, we've kind of said like France will be kind of our last frontier market uh, to hire and if we can help it. Um, but, um, you know, we, we know so much more because of that ICP. And so I think, 
um, we knew kind of as we were going to have to reset up all of these payrolls and we were on also opening new payrolls and we knew we were going to grow. I think as quickly as we were going to grow, that part I did not anticipate. Um, but, you know, it was very easy to say, like, it makes sense for us to have a technology platform that reduces our back end. Um, you know, we obviously, we didn't, we don't want to be a company that hires a team of GL accountants. You know, we have one, you know, accounting manager who sits in the US and he can pull all of this data and that works really well for us. And so um, I think we were able, the biggest argument was just selling a cohesive like payroll delivery across all of our markets. And I think that was something like payday is such an important part of the employment relationship that we were really able and maybe like I put too much weight into this, but I really played into that emotional, like, if we're going to deliver payroll, you know, to 2,500 people across 18 different markets, like, we need to have technology that helps us do this. Um, and so I think it, you know, the cost of payslip sitting on top of it, like, yes, uh, definitely, I think if you have a delivery service right now without it, that's probably a bigger uphill battle. Um, but it's not one that you can't overcome by telling a really great story. And I think starting with the root why, like, you know, our people only work as hard as <laughs> they do because we pay them. And so we should like do everything in our power to make sure that we're delivering a timely and cohesive payroll delivery across all of our markets um, all of the time. Uh, and that is kind of how I would answer that. I'm not sure if it's a great answer, but that would be, you know, where I'm at. <laughs> Well, I think you got a lot of the pieces that if you don't have the technology, you're not going to get the, the reporting and and really the visibility of what's happening. And I think having, you know, gone the last couple of years of what's happened with COVID, I mean, all of us have had people out of the office and what's really going on with that payroll, as you mentioned, Travis, to be able to have, deliver that on time. And how can we improve our processes with you know continuous process improvements if you don't have technology to, to measure in the reporting? And that's really actually the part that I've like undersold the most, um, but is so valuable. I think just the ability for someone to come in and like pick this up, like for whatever reason, like. Um, and I think that, you know, it ensures a consistency of your payroll mm -hmm. delivery and like you can't undervalue that. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't you can't really undervalue that. I mean, I know that uh, LATAM was one of the areas that uh, during the first pieces of COVID, that was one of the, the countries or the regions that was really very um, hit pretty hard. And in fact, there was, you know, there was ICPs that just closed shop. So you if you if you don't have any connection to who that is or what's happening, then you're you're kind of you're kind of lost and we're all trying to get through that business continuity piece at the same time. Okay, I think Eve has another question for you, Travis. We're, we've got good questions for you. <laughs> Have you ever encountered a vendor that would refuse to work with or integrate with Payslip? So we have a small, a few small ICPs, um, which are one-man bands, not known companies. I'd be interested to hear if you had any experience with such ICPs and hoping that how open they were to the idea of using the Payslip solution. Yeah, I think the yeah, yeah. <laughs> in our interviews of ICPs, definitely, I think it's something that comes up and you introduce the topic and everyone's like, no, well, like we run your payroll, that's what you hire us for, uh, which is perfectly normal. I think that's when you have to uh, be able to, and I think like, you know, 
Mary, to your team's credit, they've done a really good job of like coming in and explaining like kind of at what point payslip takes over. And it's really just like once the data has been produced um, and uh, obviously it's the tool that we communicate from. And I think, you know, with the exception of maybe one provider we interviewed with, like most were, you know, either very open to it, or saw the benefits of it. Um, and, you know, I think there was one individual and it was just like, this isn't gonna work. Like we, this is a tool that we value because it allows us to have this aggregated data. And I, you know, I'm not prepared to solve you know, kind of restall for this problem with we have a solution that's working for the majority of our population. Um, but I do think explaining kind of, you know, having that in-depth conversation of like, this is, you know, what we need from you. And, you know, ultimately, like, this is where Payslip is going to offload some of that, like, one-off data production. I think that's one thing that, you know, we used to have to go um, to our ICP in France for a lot of the time I was like, hey, and you know, it was always a billable hour to create a new report because we needed to get something for, you know, an immigration attorney. Uh, and, you know, it was fine, um, but ultimately a lot of that data had, we had it aggregated in a way that we could, you know, pull it on demand. Like these then become self-service items for our business for lack of a better term. Yeah, I, I think the, um, the unknown when you first um, approach the ICP, that you're not really you're not really taking the work away from them and in fact i think we're enhancing or making their life easier by using it using a technology platform because the information's all shared in you know a package or exchange so they don't they may not be getting you know we know that people still send emails out and get different instructions we know that's not the the best approach but it gives the the provider they can also measure the services and support and then I think, as you said, Travis, um, my team does have those conversations and, you know, everyone kind of gets it actually when they they recognize a piece of technology. And then I do have, we do have clients that, you know, that be just like you that says, if they're not going to go with Payslip or be on the platform, then I'm just going to go find somebody else that will, because this is what benefits my, me to manage the global payroll that I have. If I'm in you know, 30, 40 different entities um, across the board, how am I going to manage or, or know exactly what's happening? And that's the role that I have to be responsible for. Because at the end of the day, management has me be responsible or with a team be responsible. How are we going to, we don't have the correct tools and we have a problem. It's like building a house with no tools, right? You have to have the structure there and, and the tools to be able to move forward. Agreed. Okay, and on that note, um, I think we've come, we're at the top of the hour, just a couple of minutes late. Um, so first of all, thank you for everyone that attended. Thank you for those two great questions, really good in-depth questions. Thank you, Travis, um, for all your insights today. And Mary, um, as I said, this will be available on demand um, and we'll be emailing all participants the link to be able to access it. So thank you, everyone. Have a nice evening. Thank you, Travis. Bye. Bye.